culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life. And you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 61. Hard to believe. You're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? It's hard to believe that there's 61 of them now. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Uh, I'm Sass. And I'm Corin. And we are so glad that you're here on the Parent Network Podcast, where what we want to do with uh, the Parent Network and the podcast is equip and encourage parents to help your family walk with God. And so, Karn, this one is a really, really cool episode. I've been waiting to kind of release and tell this story for a long time. I know you've listened to the interview. You weren't there when we had the conversation, but you've listened to it. So tell everybody a little bit about what we're going to hear in episode 61. Well, it definitely goes along with the Parent Network's vision to equip and encourage parents to help their families walk with God. Um, Because this family realized during COVID when the church was not meeting in person and the children's ministry wasn't offering the same amount of programming for their kids that, wow, it really was up to them to uh, take the role of spiritual leadership in the lives of their children. You know, that's one of the things that, that we kind of all noticed in the midst of kind of, it was really the beginning of um, COVID-19 where we weren't gathering as a church, you know, parents were just kind of saying, oh, oh no, what do we do now? Because um, you know, for a lot of us, we rely on the church to sort of be the primary spiritual leader for our kids. And it is a cool story. Karen, what, like, when do you think we understood the need or do we even <laughs> really now understand sort of the, the need for us as parents to take that role? Well, I think we've always known that it is our responsibility to raise our kids to know the Lord, but it's one thing to know it, and it's another thing to do it, and it just doesn't always come easy. Yeah, it's, it's super easy in the midst of just busy life to, to love the programs that the church has for our kids and to sort of uh, allow those programs to take the lead in that. But I do think, you know, for, for, for most of us as parents, we, deep down we know <laughs> that it's our job to do that. Well, what's really cool is that, you know, this story that you're going to hear from our friends Branch and Misty Smith, um, they kind of had the light bulb go off for them in the midst of COVID. Uh, So you're going to hear their story in this interview. Uh, You're also going to hear from Rich Biagini. Rich is our pastor of children's ministry, and Rich was kind of right in the middle of this story. So he's uh, with me and Branch and Misty in this interview. So hope you enjoy this interview, and then Karn and I'll come back and close us out. I'm here with my friend uh, Rich Biagini. Rich, you have been on the podcast before. I have a couple yep. times. Yep. Um, so tell everybody uh, who you are in case people don't know. Um, um, but I think most people first do. of all, uh, do, <laughs> you yeah, say you, that every time. Like, and I'm always surprised. I think people don't, but I'm glad that you think that people. Well, let, think let's that do. for people who don't. Okay, that's good. Uh, so my name's Rich Biagini. I am the director of children's ministry here at the church. I am a uh, husband and father. Uh, of three beautiful girls and a dog 
um, and friend to our guest today as well. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell everybody uh, who our guests are, and we'll kind of get into the story in a minute, but I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, I think so, too. So um, I, I have the, the pleasure, I guess, of introducing uh, Branch <laughs> and Misty Smith. Um, Branch and Misty uh, have been friends of Sue and I's for years. Uh, we go back a long time. We were in small group together years ago um, and have just kind of stayed connected over the years. Um, some of like the sweetest people um, that you you could know. So we're <laughs> glad to be hanging out today. Very cool. Well, Branch yeah. and Misty, we'll let you guys introduce yourself to everybody, tell everybody about your family, and then um, we're going to get into this story that I really want a lot of parents to hear. So who are y'all? And tell us about your kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a Branch, um, and uh, Misty and I have been together for uh, 12 years, I guess. We've been married 13 years in December. 13 years in December. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we've been we've been uh, together before we came to Port City. We've been in Port City for a while, like thir- I've almost po- almost. I've been the in same. Port City Church since two thousand and two. Yeah, and you've yeah. been you started going with me when we met in um, two thousand and seven. At Rolling Grace, yeah. At, yeah, at Rolling Grace. So did he start coming because you brought him? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were going to another church too at the same time. I think. Yeah, That's we were double dipping. I double dipped for a long time. <laughs> So. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Yeah. Missy, tell us about your kids. I have, we have, we have, I say I because I feel like they're all mine most of the time. Lord <laughs> of mercy, lovely stay-at-home mom. Um, Collins just turned eight, Della James just turned six, and Guy is two. Wow. So we have three, three fun, fun kids who keep us very busy. Um. And so, yes, I stay home with them. Um, been a stay-at-home mom since Collins was born. So it's a very adventurous, tasking, fun, <laughs> difficult, lovely job. But mm-hmm. yes, it's yeah. the most difficult job there I've ever had. There are pets too, right? No. Wait, what? Oh, we have lots of. Right? Oh, okay. my gosh. So it's a busy Rich, house. It's not you know just the kids. Me and pets. We I know. Well, farm. that's why I think it's important that, that we acknowledge there, there are not just children. Mm, no, there, there are, are lots there of are pets. pets. Oh, like, are. really? A farm? Three outside we, dogs. We, we don't have, like, farm and three animals. Inside. But we have, up until this past year, we had three dogs and eight cats. But we had all of them before <laughs> we had children, children, like real human children. And so they're very old. And so we've lost right many this past two years. So yeah. now we have two cats and five. No, we have two dogs and five cats. You, you had, we had eight a bunny. cats by choice? No. I love cats. No, I'm a crazy cat lady. Only, oh God. <laughs> only three inside the house. Thrust the door open. Neighborly cats. Yeah. Neighborly <laughs> cats that we feed and take care of and spay and neuter. Adopted cr- cats. Uh. Yeah. I always say I'm a crazy cat lady, but I'm not a crazy cat lady because I'm married and I have children. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it exempts me from the crazy cat lady there status. <laughs> yeah. And Branch, what do you do for a living? I'm a civil engineer. Gotcha. All right. Okay, so y'all are here because Rich Piagini, children's pastor, um, kind of told me a story, uh, and and I thought it was one of the coolest stories I have heard in a long time. So we're just going to let the three of y'all kind of tell the story uh, for parents who are listening because I think it's hopefully going to encourage a lot of parents. So, Rich, why don't you start with, like, your end of it? Like, how did this thing start? Yeah, so so for me, um, Sue and I were actually um, away on a uh, family weekend. Uh, and we were actually at the time staying with um, friends of ours, mutual friends of ours, um, that we were all in small group together years ago. We got a text message from 
Misty, and I think you sent me a, I know you sent me a voice to text, yes. but before that, I think you sent me a text message and said, hey, I'm <laughs> yes. about to send you a few long messages, so yeah. get ready. Which <laughs> Prepare yourself. was either really exciting or, or very oh, anxiety-inducing, no. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, but I listened to them and uh, got these text messages. And so, um, man, I feel like I'm gonna step on the story if I, if I tell you what I heard, so yeah. I'm gonna pass it back to you. So I got yeah. these text messages from you. Yeah. So tell me what you said. Um, so do you want me to tell you what I said, or do you want me to tell you this, like the story from start to? Well, it kind of goes hand in hand, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, let's let's start in the beginning then. So um, I basically just texted Rich because I did a voice text. I kind of just told him the whole story in my text because I'm an over explainer, um, over communicator. So when the whole uh, pandemic of COVID came down the pipeline and we started having to stay home from church. Um, back in March, I really, you know, I've always been told that we have to be the ones to teach Christ and Jesus to our children, you know, and I know, I know that, like, I know that in my soul, and, you know, Mike says that a lot, and has always said that, and, and I know that, but it's very easy for me to allow someone else to invest that into my children, and for me to be hands-off about it, um, you know, I mean, we pray every night, we, we do all those things, and we've always done that since they were little. Pray before every meal, pray every night before bed, um, and, and I use every opportunity to talk about Jesus, but really leaning in and letting, and, and just it's, it's speaking um, Jesus over them and, and like accepting him into our heart and all of the things that go along with that and what that looks like. I really was allowing the church to do that for me. Um, and they're really good at it. Church Rodden's really good at it, but it's not their job. And so I, I realized that in March. And I say me because it really is me who's home with them all the time. I'm the one that's there all the time. I'm the one that takes care of them. And so I knew that it was on my shoulders, branches as well, but really mine, because I'm the one that's with them the most. And so I was like, okay, well, we're gonna do this thing, right? So I, um, we, I bought them, they have Bibles, that they've gotten over the years, um, you know, children's Bibles, picture Bibles. But I bought them um, these real pretty Bibles that have their names engraved on them. And we started reading the Bible every night before bed. And um, they were excited about it. Oh, they were so excited. Oh, I got my name on them. Let's go read the Bible. Yes. They, didn't, they can't even read. But whoever, <laughs> whoever is listening to this, if you have not bought your child a Bible that has um, their name on it and is just like, it's so special. And, and, you know, if you got one of those when you were little, like you remember how special it was. Like I still have mine. It's just a big deal, right? So it's a good thing to do. They love them. So we started reading the Bible every night before bed and. And, you know, just talking about um, Jesus and who he was and, um, and why he came to earth and all the things and about him dying on the cross and why he did that and how much he loves us and um, that he wants us to be with him in, in heaven and that if, you know, if you want to be in heaven with Jesus, you ask him to live in your heart for forever. And so we just talked about all the details. And then that was, we started that in March. And then I told, I just told, really was, was drilling into Collins because she's the oldest, she's eight or seven at the time. And so I was really leaning into her, but Della James, of course, was right there and she was five at the time and, and she was hearing everything. And so, you know, soaking it in too. And, um, and so fast forward to July, 
Um, and we just continued through the summer kind of doing this and talking throughout the day and the evenings and stuff. And in July, we um, were going to Jungle Rapids in the afternoon to go play on the water slides at the water park. And we um, pulled up in the parking lot and we hadn't talked about anything really that day. And I never told them about getting baptized. That was another thing. I never really told them about getting baptized. I just, I mean, you may have mentioned it here and there, but I just told them about asking Jesus into your heart. Um, and we pulled in the Jungle Rabbits parking lot, and Collins, we were listening to K-Love's, and I can't remember what song was on, but I remember that it was like dead silence in the car on the way to Jungle Rabbits, and it's never dead silence in the car when you have an eight-year-old and a seven, six-year-old and a two-year-old, and it just was. And um, we pulled in the parking lot, and Collins, I, I parked the car, and I'm getting my stuff together in the front seat, and Collins, uh, from the very back of the car, says, Mommy, I want to ask Jesus to come live in my heart forever. And I said, I looked up in the, I'm going to start crying. I looked up in the rearview mirror, and I said, Are you sure? Because that's a really big deal. And she said, I'm sure. I want him to live in my heart forever. And my eight-year-old is real silly. And she's funny, and she's a jokester, <laughs> and she's just, you know, mm -hmm. it's not in her wheelhouse to be serious and real, you know, it's just not, she likes to be a joke, jokester. So the look in her eyes, I, I am so grateful that the Lord let me be in that moment and just let me see and be a witness to what happened in that car. And um, so she, I said, come here, and I told her to take my hand. And um, she took my hand, and she said, um, I said, I just want you to say what I say. And uh, I said, you know, we went through the whole thing, and I was like, um, uh, Jesus. And she said, Jesus, I love you. I want you to come live in my heart forever. I believe that you're, um, I believe that you came to earth and died on the cross for me and that you love me and um, I want to I want you to live in my heart forever and I want to be in heaven with you and went through the whole thing and, um, and then I looked at her after she said all that and she just had these tears in her eyes and it's just so uncharacteristic for her and I took my hand and I put it over her head and I said you are sealed I said there is nothing on this earth that can ever take you away from God you are his until the day you die, you are his, and nothing can take you away. And and my kids know about Satan. I'm, I'm real. I try to really communicate with them about good and evil, and and that they're going to be pursued. They're going to be pursued every day of their life, and they're gonna they're gonna be made to feel like they should make bad choices, or you know, they're gonna be pursued. And so I told her, I was like, he's gonna pursue you every day of your life, but you belong to God and there's nothing that's gonna take you away from him ever. And then Della James from the back seat said, Mommy, I want to ask Jesus into my heart too. And um, I said, are you sure? And she said, you know, yes. And she just was crying. She's my sensitive one. And so I did the same thing with her. And, um, and then, I mean, the, the presence of God in that car was so thick you could cut it with a knife. I mean, it was unbelievable, just the feeling in the, in the space, in the car. And the two-year-old was quiet the whole time, and that yeah, never happens. <laughs> I mean, God was, like, quiet the whole time, and he screams his head off all the time. That's all he does. But anyway, um, and so, and, and she said the same thing. And then I called Rich a couple of days later, and I said, um, hey, 
we want to take the kids over to Masonboro and baptize them. We are we are big boaters and we love Masonboro and it's where we spend a lot of time. Our family spends a lot of time over there, and it's just special to us. And I said, "Will you come be a you know um, a representative of the church um, and help them help us baptize them?" And so he did, and they got baptized. Mm. And it was in I can't remember the date now. I'd have to look at my calendar too. Yeah. It was a Monday. It was a Monday. Mm-hmm. And Monday, they got baptized. Maybe a month or so ago. And I, I mean, that was another I'm story. just talking, talking, talking. But the story of their baptism day is just a whole nother. I, I mean, I can t- I can tell it if you want me to. But it was the God showed up so big, from start to finish. Okay, we're gonna get to that in a minute. Let me ask okay. you a, a, a question though. So what was it that clicked in your brain when you bought them the engraved Bibles and mm-hmm. you said? I know we've kind of traditionally let the church do this, uh-huh. but now we're going to do this. What was it that changed for you? What was it that changed yeah, for me? Yeah, what changed for you? Because that's a new mindset, right? Yeah. For you as a parent. Yeah. So what what clicked? Um, ownership. Ownership of their salvation. Um, taking ownership of it and really knowing that it's my job to pour Jesus into them and not anyone else's. That that is the whole reason that the Lord gave them to us. The purpose of us, yes. The children's Uh children would know God. Yeah, the legacy. You know, and Mike talks a lot about that too, that your children's children will know God is God. and, And that comes from home. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from home. And you can go to church every single Sunday and... You know, and it, it does, it comes from their family. That's where the, the knowing Jesus intimately comes from. It does, and you know, it's the yeah. it's and I was going to say, when yeah. we talked about it too, one of the things that you said was that you it it triggered in your mind when we weren't meeting as a children's ministry. Yes. Right? It was like the, yes. the week or two after we had decided we weren't going to be able to continue to meet during the coronavirus. Right. That's, I think, mm-hmm. when you said, like, you had this oh, yeah. realization. Yes, that was when, yes. Yeah, when the church, when we stopped meeting um, and the stay-at-home order went into effect, I realized that the church, yeah, that they weren't going to be going to church and that that the church was not going to be, you know, speaking Jesus to them and pouring into them. And they love and church. They love They love, so, I mean, they were so, ex- yeah, then, they love church. They love church. Yeah. So the thing that you had been relying on yes. to implant that into the lives of your kids yes. was gone. Yes, was gone. And you were like, oh, no. Yes. Mm. We better do this. We better do this. Okay, Branch, what are you thinking kind of during this this whole process? <laughs> um, not a whole lot, I guess. So. <laughs> 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 um, he just thinks Misty does what Misty wants to do, and yeah. I, just, I just come by the wayside. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I thought it was good that... Uh, they really liked getting into that Bible. They liked they liked uh, reading the Bible together at night with mom. You know, everybody because you had your Bible out and they had their Bibles out, and so they were just uh, you know, they were asking lots of questions too. You know, lots of like about like what happens if I die, and you know, are you gonna die? Am I gonna die? And you know, these kind of things like some some weighty questions that that little kids ask. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, one of the things that I loved so much, so when, we, when you reached out to me about it, um, in the voice text, you said something to the effect of like, 
I, it was almost like I could hear it in your voice. It was a little bit, um, not snarky, snarky as it <laughs> is, totally but it was a little snarky. bit sarcasm. <laughs> like, like I know it's my job to be helping him to have a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> but it was neat though, because that is something that we talk about all yes. the time. Yes. Because we do want families to understand it's your primary responsibility to help your child have a life-changing encounter with God, like period. And like as children's ministry, we're here to support you in that. So anything mm-hmm. that we can do to come alongside you and help you along on that journey, we're, we're, we're all in for it. It's what we're passionate about. It's why we exist. Mm-hmm. But we can't do the thing at church that parents get to do with all the time that they have with their kids at home. Yes. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, culturally, what has happened is um, families say, hey, listen, particularly during the season, like I've got a lot I'm dealing with. I've got school. I've got homework. I've got sports. I've got extracurricular activities. I've got to keep my kids alive. I've got to make sure they're fed. Yes, so I'm going to do right. all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And then church, you take care of the Jesus part of it. And then that's kind of our agreement and we're good. Mm-hmm. And I think I was so inspired by this story in particular because I was like, gosh, Misty and Branch got it. They mm-hmm. got it. Um, and I think that's why this story was so particularly powerful and why I think we wanted to make sure that we shared it. Yeah, and it reminds me of a couple of things. Number one is, you know, just sort of, if you do the numbers on this, if, you're, if your kids come to church, you know, regularly, right, we get them, let's say you're like real consistent in your attendance, mm-hmm. we get them 35, 40 weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and of those 35 or 40 weeks, you know, there's a lot of fun wrapped into what we do in the ministry. So the spiritual development part, half of those 35 hours, right? So we're at 17 and a half hours a year. Mm-hmm. We as the church get to invest in your kids in that. Mm-hmm. Contrast that with the hours you get yeah. <laughs> at home oh as a parent. And, you know, mm-hmm. no wonder it's the way God set it up is that, you know, you guys would be the ones to do it. And I heard a quote years and years ago that... Um, it's piercing for me as a parent, but but I want everybody to hear it because it's true. What parents have done is they've subcontracted the spiritual lives of their yes. kids to the church. Mm-hmm. And and as, as church workers, we've gladly accepted that mm-hmm. that job. Mm-hmm. And so I love the fact that we're trying to flip the, the script on that and help parents understand, hey, we're here to support you. Like you were saying, Rich, mm-hmm. our job is to come alongside you as a family as you mm-hmm. raise your kids there. So, And I could tell that they were really missing um, church, they were missing Treasure Island. They talked about it a lot, um, and how much they were missing it. And and you know, I mean, that kind of planted a seed in my head too that they were really they while they in their heads were missing Treasure Island. I in my head was thinking they're missing Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Every you know, I mean, and I by nature am a real um, outspoken person about. God anyway and so I kind of was already like like I said we were already praying every night we were already praying before every meal I was already you know like doing those things and and talk about my relationship with God often but really like leaning into them was something that I necessarily had not been doing that that I had not been doing Mm -hmm. so yes definitely clicked with me that okay this is really my job Branch you said like it's, you, I, I can't remember exactly how you said this, but you said like it's like parenting as you go, right? Like it's this idea that like we're talking about Jesus as we go about the course of our days, yeah. as we go to bed at night while we're sitting at the table. It's mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. these conversations and engaging in a life of faith just in the ordinary moments throughout your day. Mm-hmm. And that was also something that I loved so much about the story because this conversation happened in the car. Right. At Jungle, at Jungle Rapids. Rapids. Jungle Rapids, right? It didn't <laughs> happen in church. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, when we were baptized, and Rich said, God can meet you anywhere you are, even in your car at Jungle Rapids. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, like, that car became a holy moment. It was a holy yeah, place right. in that sure. moment, I, th- I yes. think. Y'all were having church in the car. That's right. church in the car. That's right. And For then sure. several weeks Ooh. later, it was at Intercoastal Waterway. Yeah. Uh, and that was a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really special. So tell us that story. You said that like ba- oh, baptism day was like a story it was in and of itself. Rain. Pouring rain, thunder and lightning, and uh, and Rich didn't know it because he was in this in this in the church, and I guess it's like a cave when you go in. <laughs> the Treasure Ministry area doesn't have any. Well, the Treasure Island area specifically does not have any windows to the outside. Well, and you and I were actually in a meeting in the living rooms where there are windows right. when it was pouring down rain, yeah. and he was trying to, to find out if we were y'all were still doing this or not. Because <laughs> it was at four. That. Yeah, it was yeah. at we had four. plans to do it at four, and I and like so Branch was trying to get me to put it off and. My mom was trying to get me to put it off, and I was like, just sitting there all day. I was just like, Lord, please. We had already like but lined up a photographer because my friend Jenny, I wanted her to come take pictures, and we had everything lined up. Rich lined up everything, and I'm like, okay, Lord, please, 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 please. And I, I will have you know that at four o'clock, almost on the dot, it not only stopped raining, but it, oh my gosh, it was on the radar, storming all around us. And we live pretty close to where we, within a, a mile or a quarter mile of, of the Masonboro where we baptized them. Um, and that whole area, just this was a little pocket that was no rain, but it was all around us. And, and we went and put the boat in the water and the water was a sheet of glass and it is never rarely rarely in our 13 years of boating out there have we seen the water like that i mean it is so rare to see it like that it was a sheet of glass mm-hmm. the entire time we were out there not a wave to be seen from the time we pulled out of the boat dock there was a family of porpoises that greeted us and were there with us a whole family of them and then we got over there we baptized them it was beautiful it was perfect it was still there was there were like no boats i think there was one boat the whole time we were out there i don't think we got rained on oh nobody got rained. oh it was a little bit of drizzle right at the very end after it was over yeah Yeah. a little bit of drizzle but that was it and after we got done baptizing them that family of a a different family of porpoises the same family of porpoises i don't know (laughs) swam right up to our kids and like you could reach out and touch them blowing water out of their you know i mean it was like oh my god i I could i was just i was just like weeping with gratitude for the lord i mean the fact that the god of the entire universe cared so much about my family and my girls baptisms he would show up so big was very overwhelming. I mean, it, like an extra added bonus yes. memory yes. for them yes. as they look back on that day. Oh my goodness, it was yeah. it was crazy. It was it was perfection. That's amazing. It was perfection. Wow. Okay, so here's a question for all three of you, and we can kind of wrap up with this and see what else you want to say. But the question for all three of you is, what do you want to say to parents, particularly maybe who are you know branching Miss Europe have been in your boat? who have said, okay, you know, yeah, I want my kids to grow up knowing Jesus, but we'll let the church do that. What would you, what do you want to say to parents who maybe are in that mindset a little bit? Do you want to say something? Yeah, I can start. Um, so I guess I'm not the, the probably, uh, 
ideal uh, spiritual head of the family or whatever. Um, <laughs> hey, you're, you're getting there. You're I'm on getting your way, there. I'm getting right? there. Yeah, it's a journey. So, uh, so I, yeah, I like to. If, if for for me, I'd rather just pull my Bible and get up early, and I'll be by, by myself with my Bible, with my you know my notes, and and not really like speak about it, and, you know. But um, so I guess for me, uh, it's a it's a good reminder to that uh, they're not going to know anything if I don't talk to them about it. <laughs> talk to them about these things or or just bring it up in conversation during you know or activities what we do you know how we show the love of God and all that stuff so well Branch doesn't speak a you know Branch is a man of few words but he is a man of big actions so you know he um is quiet and reserved but he is big on his actions you know so that's a big deal and I mean I just I would say it's the whole reason God gave them to you. You know, it's, it's, it's the whole reason that he, that he let you have them. To know him and just pour into them, Jesus. Just pour Jesus into them every day. Every day. Be a good steward of them. Um, you know, and because their eternal salvation is at stake. Their eternal life is at stake. And, and it's your job. It's not anyone else's job. It is your job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and part of what I want to just add to that is, is yes, it is their kind of eternal life, but it also has an impact on on life today, right? And, and absolutely, and what we've been talking about a lot at church is just living in the kingdom of God. Yes, which happens to go on forever. Yes, right. And and oftentimes we do look at it as this thing that we're going to get to one day when we die but the reality is is that the kingdom of god is here and now yes and so for for your kids to be able to to live in that and like you said there's going to be the enemy coming at them all the time all day every day and and you know it feels like maybe more so than ever because of devices that we have and they have and it's just in our face and in our head all the time your kids are going to get to live a different life now yeah in 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 the here and now yes right and that knowledge i'm also like knowledge is power so, like, give your kids the knowledge to know that, you know, they are going to be, um, that they are going to be pursued, you know, that they are going to be attempted to do and make bad choices. And, and that knowledge, if they know that, they'll, maybe they'll see it, you know, maybe because my mom and dad were amazing, amazing Christians, but maybe, maybe I didn't have all that knowledge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of knowing that. I don't know. I have a hard time wording it, but just I really just want them to have the knowledge and, and, and so that maybe they can see it come in and, and say, well, OK, hold on. Yeah. You know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, one of the things that I really like about this story is that you saw an opportunity and you did something. You know, I think a lot of parents, I think the thought of helping your kids have a relationship with Jesus, that seems really overwhelming. Yes. You know, like y'all are talking about like there's this eternal consequence to the decision to follow Jesus. And that's true. Mm-hmm. And there's also like Sass is talking about like the impact or the implications of what that means in the here and now. And if you really like let your brain kind of go, it can start to feel like it's too big of a task for mm-hmm. any one person or for, you know, for a mom or a dad or for mm-hmm. whoever it is that's taking care of the kids. It feels really big. Yeah. Um, but like, just like uh, there's a guy that I was friends with, he used to always say to me, he would say, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. And mm-hmm. like when you're looking at this big thing that has these big eternal like consequences and you start to feel overwhelmed, all that you can do is 
do just one thing, mm -hmm. like do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Take the one bite of the elephant, which sounds really gross now that I just said it out loud. <laughs> but like, just do that. Yeah. And so like mm -hmm. y'all saw an opportunity. And you said, you know what? We're gonna go get a Bible. Yeah. Um, hey, when I was a kid, I had a Bible that had my name engraved on it. And that really meant something to me. So right. I'm gonna do that for my kids. Mm -hmm. And it meant something to them. Mm -hmm. And then you opened it yeah. and you read it together. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of take like one step and then another step and then another step. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself down the road from where you are today in mm -hmm. a much different place. And you just kind of walked along this journey. Mm -hmm. And to me, like I hear your story and I think it's extraordinarily profound in a lot of ways. But one of the things I love about it is that in your story, I think parents can hear your story and go, oh, I can do that. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Like I can mm -hmm. do that. Absolutely. I don't know what it looks like to uh, baptize my kids in the intracoastal waterway in the presence of a family of dolphins. <laughs> however, however, like I can get them a Bible and I can open it with them. And like, again, like just open the Bible, be encouraged that that's actually a powerful thing because we've talked about this before, Sass, like, you know, parents, I don't want to open the Bible because what if my kids ask me a question that I don't understand or like, I'm going to okay. open it and I'm going to have to preach this theologically sound nope. message out of this Old Testament text, which I don't even understand myself. Nope. It's like, don't worry Figure about it out any together. of those yeah, things. That's, that's right. right. Yes. Figure it out together. Do the next right thing. And so this story is, is beautiful, but relatable. And so what I would say to parents to encourage them with is just do something. Yeah. yeah. Start somewhere. And from, from my view as the, you know, the, the pastor in children's ministry, I would say, if you don't know how to do that, let us know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you've got questions about what it looks like mm -hmm. to take your next step or you just need help identifying <laughs> what your next step, uh, step might be, let us know. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we would love the opportunity. Yes. It's not, it's not a bother or a burden. We would love mm -hmm. it. It's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing your story. It, I hope it means a lot to the families. It meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to our church. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were grateful for you to come and I just thought it was so cool also that who would have known all those years ago when we were in Bible study in small group together, Branch and I have just gotten married, you know, and when we met Rich and Sue for the first time and then fast forward and he's the one helping us baptize our girls. I just love how the Lord just does stuff like that. Yeah. You know, cool? it just, it just brings everything together and yep. thought it was so cool. That's right. Okay. Anything else you guys want to share for folks to hear as a part of the story? Don't y'all share the same birthday? Yes, Rich and I have the same birthday. We do have the same birthday. Very nice. Yeah, that's right. Very birthday nice. twins. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's funny you remember that. <laughs> so did you, what, what are those that you brought? No, no, no. The, no, okay. Uh, well, they're the legacy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the legacy thing. We, so, we the legacy notes that we wrote yeah. the girls. Oh, we I got to talk. Kate. When you did the, uh, when we, uh, when we baptized. We got to talk about that. The legacy at the beginning. I think one of you, I guess you'll still suggest that parents go home and write your, Write your kids uh, a letter. A letter, yeah. And and when they now mine's kind of geared toward like when they're older, you know, not when they're <laughs> eight and six, but it's still still it's still good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're young. That was another thing. My mom, not to take up any more time, but my mom was um, he a little hesitant because they are young. And I said, if you had been in that car, you would not have had any hesitation about them being sincere about asking Jesus into their heart. And the Bible says not to keep the children away from me. Mm. Uh, so I, I backed it up with some scripture. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, like, listen, I, so I came to faith at a young age. I did too, yeah. Right? And you did. Yeah. And so that means, and I love that because I get to work with children. And so sometimes I think people assume children can't have real faith. Right. Or if they do, it's like baby faith. It's like, 
it's juvenile faith. Right. And I can say like, that's not true for me. Yeah. And it's not true for Misty. Nope. And we've seen these stories countless times. I know it's not true for the other kids that are in there too. Yes. And so that tells me like, it, mm-hmm. it matters. Mm-hmm. The conversations that you have matter. Mm-hmm. You're not leading them to baby faith, but then when they grow up, then they can really know who Jesus is. No, no they can know who Jesus is like right now. I sort of feel like they know who Jesus is better than I do. <laughs> they, Honest to God. Yeah. Like they are so just pure and innocent in their belief in him. And they don't have a lot of questions yet. And they don't have, I mean, they are just so, yeah. they just love him so mm. much. They see something and they go, I want to follow that guy. Well, that's yes. what I want to do too. That's right. Um, and it's funny with baptism too, because, you know, the way that the baptism process uh, ha- looks in children's ministry today is different than it did before. Like, we, we want to make sure that people have an understanding about the process that they're entering into. But like our our model, when we think about uh, baptism, there is a now of course at this moment the verse escapes me, but there's a section in Acts, and it just simply says like they believed and they were baptized. That's mm-hmm. it. And for me, I'm going, well, that, that's it. So do you yeah. believe in Jesus? You do? Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Well, then you are a candidate for, for baptism. Right. And right. you don't have to be able to explain <laughs> mm-hmm. all the theology around it or mm-hmm. have all the answers to all the hard questions that mm-hmm. you are thinking about today and that you might be thinking about in the future. This is just a way to show others that you believe in Jesus. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for the children, when a child says, I believe in Jesus, I have begun a relationship and I want to tell others about it. We celebrate that. That's right. Yes. Great. Yeah. We don't need to make it more complicated than that. That's right. Uh, it was Simple. really, really beautiful to be able to participate uh, on that day and really kind of celebrate that with you guys. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys for, for telling your story. Thanks for being willing to, to you know, encourage and even challenge other parents to kind of take that role and to take that ownership because um, I think it's, uh, it's super important. And, and you know, in, in having the conversations with our kids, um, we have to be okay with saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, our son's oh, yes. 16 and I've been, you know, working in the church. We were talking earlier for a long time, mm-hmm. like 20 plus years. And we were at a conversation, you know, two, three nights ago. And our son asked me and my wife a question and we, we couldn't answer it. Yeah. And we said, we don't know. That's right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand all of the mysteries of God. And you have to, as a parent, be okay, be okay with saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Absolutely. we'll talk about it and we'll try to figure it out together. You can, yes, and you can do it. You might think you can't do it, but you That's can right. do it. Yeah. You can do it. Everybody can, you parents, you can do it. That's right. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you all again for sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Karen, I love how kind of that ended right there with Misty kind of encouraging parents saying, hey, y- you can do it, right? Um, I think that we, uh, there are times for all of us where we're just not sure if we're doing it right or if we're doing it well or if we're doing the wrong thing. And so uh, it's just sometimes hard. So what were some things that um, kind of came to you in the midst of listening to that interview? I just love how Misty talked about how really one of the main reason that God even gives us our children is so that they can know him. And so that that is like our one of our main purposes in raising our kids is not necessarily to get good grades or to behave well, although I know sometimes that's what's weightiest on my mind and shoulders. Really, what the most important thing that we do is really point our kids to having a relationship with God through Jesus. So I thought that was just a great reminder. Yeah. I love, too, the fact that, um, you know, as Misty and Branch wanted to do this, like they called their children's pastor. Right. They, they sort of invited someone else in to kind of help them 
in the process. And so I just want to encourage all of you who are parents out there who like, if, if you deep down know, Hey, like I should take that ownership, but, but, you know, I think I want to take this step. I'm not sure what I want to do. Um, just like call us, <laughs> email us, um, call call a friend or, you know, reach out to, to your parents. I mean, there are people kind of in our church. There are people in your community who I promise want to help you um, help your kids take the next steps in their faith. And so make sure you do that. I also had a question about um, something that they were talking about. You know, we moved here about seven or eight years ago. So when our children were young and we had them dedicated um, in our church, we didn't go through the same program that Port City has. And so they were talking about a legacy letter. And since we weren't around when our kids would have gone through legacy, I kind of wondered what that was. Maybe our listeners might wonder about that too. Yeah. So legacy is um, our baby dedication program, whereas, you know, kids are born and kind of step into the, the life of our church. Um, we have an, an event where parents, families can kind of come around dedicating that child. And the legacy letter is something that parents write um, it kind of in that process, there's kind of some homework and some things you have to do leading up to legacy. And so the legacy letter basically is what, what are your dreams for mm. your kids as a parent? And I think oftentimes what will happen is at the legacy event, you know, you can invite an you know, extended family and some friends to kind of be a part of your, your circle at legacy. Sometimes parents will read that letter out loud. It's almost, you know, saying, Hey, here's what we want to do with our kids and, and you're our community. Can you hold us accountable? I think sometimes maybe, you know, years later, parents might give that letter to their kids, but it's just an opportunity for parents to sort of think through what is it we want for our kids when it comes to their faith. And so that's what the legacy letter is. Well, it sounds like something that you could do really at any point of your child's life. Like even if you have grown adult children, you still might have dreams and visions for what their walk with God looks like. I don't know, maybe it's something you and I have to consider putting down in writing what our our dreams and our goals are for our children and to make sure that we're thinking with that mindset, you know? Yeah. Well, on that note, I didn't even think through this until literally right now is, you know, we're doing like this pilot group at church. Um, where it talks about sort of building a family vision. Mm-hmm. And some of you may have seen that in some newsletters that we've done. Uh, there's a kind of a process that we, we have I've seen before. We're going to take a few families through where you can kind of identify, you know, family mission statements, some family values, um, some goals for your family kind of spiritually. And so um, if you're interested in that, uh, you can email me, uh, chris.sasser at portcitychurch.org. Um, and I can kind of talk to you about kind of what that process looks like, because it may be something that we, we, we offer for families that are like us that miss legacy, but still want to kind of put some things down on paper and kind of um, step into really solidifying what it is we want for our kids long term spiritually. So if you're interested in the kind of the family vision concept, let us know for sure. So anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to episode 61 of the Parent Network Podcast. Um, If you like what you hear, uh, make sure that you leave a rating, I think is what they say to do. I don't like any of this stuff, but we got to do it. Uh, uh, You can leave a rating. uh, You can share it with your friends for sure. Um, You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PC3Parents. We've got a Facebook page. Um, Again, uh, we just want to help equip and encourage parents to help your family walk with God. And the more we can get the word out. Um, about what we're doing, um, I think the better. So we need your help doing that. So thanks for listening. And we'll, um, we'll talk to you again on episode 62.